chapter eleven of sentimental education this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. sentimental education by gustave flaubert chapter eleven a dinner and a duel part one frederick passed the whole of the next day in brooding over his anger and humiliation he reproached himself for not having given a slap in the face to sissy as for the marechal he swore not to see her again others as good-looking could be easily found and as money would be required in order to possess these women he would speculate on the bourse with the purchase money of his farm he would get rich he would crush the marechal and every one else with his luxury when the evening had come he was surprised at not having thought of madame arnoux so much the better what's the good of it two days after at eight o'clock pellerin came to pay him a visit he began by expressing his admiration of the furniture and talking in a wheedling tone then abruptly you were at the races on sunday yes alas thereupon the painter decried the anatomy of english horses and praised the horses of gericourt and the horses of the parthenon rosinette was with you and he artfully proceeded to speak in flattering terms about her frederick's freezing manner put him a little out of countenance he did not know how to bring about the question of her portrait his first idea had been to do a portrait in the style of titian but gradually the varied colouring of his model had bewitched him he had gone on boldly with the work heaping up paste on paste and light on light rosinette in the beginning was enchanted her appointments with delmar had interrupted the sittings and left pellerin all the time to get bedazzled then as his admiration began to subside he asked himself whether the picture might not be on a larger scale he had gone to have another look at the titians realized how the great artist had filled in his portraits with such finish and saw wherein his own shortcomings lay and then he began to go over the outlines again in the most simple fashion after that he sought by scraping them off to lose there to mingle there all the tones of the head and those of the background and the face had assumed consistency in the shade's vigour the whole work had a look of greater firmness at length the marechal came back again she even indulged in some hostile criticisms the painter naturally persevered in his own course after getting into a violent passion at her silliness he said to himself that after all perhaps she was right then began the era of doubts twinges of reflection which brought about cramps in the stomach insomnia feverishness and disgust with himself he had the courage to make some retouchings but without much heart and with the feeling that his work was bad he complained merely of having been refused a place in the salon then he reproached frederick for not having come to see the marechal's portrait what do i care about the marechal such an expression of unconcern emboldened the artist would you believe that this brute has no interest in the thing any longer 
what he did not mention was that he had asked her for a thousand crowns now marechal did not give herself much bother about ascertaining who was going to pay and preferring to screw money out of arnoux for things of a more urgent character had not even spoken to him on the subject well and arnoux she had thrown it over on him the ex picture dealer wished to have nothing to do with the portrait he maintains that it belongs to rosinette in fact it is hers how is that to she that sent me to you was pellerin's answer if he had been thinking of the excellence of his work he would not have dreamed perhaps of making capital out of it but a sum and a big sum would be an effective reply to the critics and would strengthen his own position finally to get rid of his importunities frederick courteously inquired his terms the extravagant figure named by pellerin quite took away his breath and he replied oh no no you however are her lover tis you gave me the order excuse me i was only an intermediate agent but i can't remain with this on my hands the artist lost his temper ha i didn't imagine you were so covetous nor i that you were so stingy i wish you good morning he had just gone out when seneca made his appearance frederick was moving about restlessly in a state of great agitation what's the matter seneca told his story on saturday at nine o'clock madame arnoux got a letter which summoned her back to paris as there happened to be nobody in the place at the time to go to creel for a vehicle she asked me to go there myself i refused for this was no part of my duties she left and came back on sunday evening yesterday morning arnoux came down to the works the girl from bordeaux made a complaint to him i don't know what passed between them but he took off before every one the fine i had imposed on her some sharp words passed between us and shorty closed accounts with me and here i am then with a pause between every word furthermore i'm not sorry i've done my duty no matter you were the cause of it how exclaimed frederick alarmed lest seneca might have guessed his secret seneca had not however guessed anything about it for he replied that is to say but for you i might have done better frederick was seized with a kind of remorse in what way can i be of service to you now seneca wanted some employment a situation that is an easy thing for you to manage you know many people of good position monsieur d'ambreuse amongst others at least so des lauriers told me this allusion to des lauriers was by no means agreeable to his friend he scarcely cared to call on the d'ambreuses again after his undesirable meeting with them in the champ de mars i'm not on sufficiently intimate terms with them to recommend any one the democrat endured this refusal stoically and after a minute's silence all this i'm sure is due to the girl from bordeaux and to your madame arnoux this your had the effect of wiping out to frederick's heart the slight modicum of regard he entertained for senecal nevertheless he stretched out his hand towards the key of his escritoire through delicacy senecal anticipated him thanks then forgetting his own troubles he talked about the affairs of the nation the crosses of the legion of honour wasted at the royal fete the question of a change of ministry the Drouillard case and the bernier case 
scandals of the day declaimed against the middle class and predicted a revolution his eyes were attracted by a japanese dagger hanging on the wall he took hold of it then he flung it on the sofa with an air of disgust come then good-bye i must go to notre dame de lorette hold on why the anniversary service for godefroy cabagnac is taking place there to-day he died at work that man but all is not over who knows and seneca with a show of fortitude put out his hand perhaps we shall never see each other again good-bye this good-bye repeated several times his knitted brows as he gazed at the dagger his resignation and the solemnity of his manner above all plunged frederick into a thoughtful mood but very soon he ceased to think about senecal during this same week his notary at havre sent him the sum realized by the sale of his farm one hundred and seventy four thousand francs he divided it into two portions invested the first half in the funds and brought the second half to a stockbroker to take his chance of making money by it on the bourse he dined at fashionable taverns went to the theatres was trying to amuse himself as best he could when Houssonet addressed a letter to him announcing in a gay fashion that the marechal had got rid of sissy the very day after the races frederick was delighted at this intelligence without taking the trouble to ascertain what the bohemian's motive was in giving him this information it so happened that he met cc three days later that aristocratic young gentleman kept his countenance and even invited frederick to dine on the following wednesday on the morning of that day the latter received a notification from a process server in which m charles jean baptiste Dutry apprised him that by the terms of legal judgment he had become the purchaser of a property situated at bayeville belonging to m jacques carnoux and that he was ready to pay the two hundred and twenty three thousand for which it had been sold but as it appeared by the same decree that the amount of the mortgages with which the estate was encumbered exceeded the purchase money frederick's claim would in consequence be completely forfeited the entire mischief arose from not having renewed the registration of the mortgage within the proper time arnoux had undertaken to attend to this matter formally himself and had then forgotten all about it frederick got into a rage with him for this and when the young man's anger had passed off well afterwards what if this can save him so much the better it won't kill me let us think no more about it but while moving about his papers on the table he came across Houssonet's letter and noticed the postscript which had not at first attracted his attention the bohemian wanted just five thousand francs to give the journal a start ah this fellow is wearing me to death and he sent a curt answer unceremoniously refusing the application after that he dressed himself to go to the maison d'or cissy introduced his guests beginning with the most respectable of them a big white-haired gentleman the marquis gilbert's de Alny, my godfather monsieur anselme de fauchambeau he said next a thin fair-haired young man already bald then pointing towards a simple man of forty joseph brofleur my cousin and here is my old tutor monsieur Vezou a person who seemed a mixture of a ploughman and a seminarist with large whiskers and a long frock-coat fastened at the end by a single button so that it fell over his chest like a shawl 
cecile was expecting someone else the baron de Coman, who might perhaps come but it was not certain he left the room every minute and appeared to be in a restless frame of mind finally at eight o'clock they proceeded towards an apartment splendidly lighted up and much more spacious than the number of guests required cecile had selected it for the special purpose of display of a million epergne laden with flowers and fruit occupied the centre of the table which was covered with silver dishes after the old french fashion glass bowls full of salt meats and spices formed a border all around it jars of iced red wine stood at regular distances from each other five glasses of different sizes were ranged before each plate with things of which the use could not be divined a thousand dinner utensils of an ingenious description for the first course alone there was a sturgeon's jowl moistened with champagne a yorkshire ham with tokay thrushes with sauce roast quail a bechamel vol au vent a stew of red-legged partridges and at the two ends of all this fringes of potatoes which were mingled with truffles the apartment was illuminated by a lustre and some girondole and it was hung with red damask curtains four men-servants in black coats stood behind the armchairs which were upholstered in morocco at this sight the guests uttered an exclamation the tutor more emphatically than the rest upon my word our host has indulged in a foolishly lavish display of luxury it is too beautiful is that so said the vicomte de Sissy. come on then and as they were swallowing the first spoonful well my dear old friend olney have you been to the palais royal to see pere et portier you know well that i have no time to go replied the marquis his mornings were taken up with a course of arboriculture his evenings were spent at the agricultural club and all his afternoons were occupied by a study of the implements of husbandry in manufactories as he resided at saint-ange for three-fourths of the year he took advantage of his visits to the capital to get fresh information and his large-brimmed hat which lay on a side-table was crammed with pamphlets but says he observing that m de fourchambeau refused to take wine go on damn it drink you're not in good form for your last bachelor's meal at this remark all bowed and congratulated him and the young lady said the tutor is charming i'm sure faith she is exclaimed cissy no matter he is making a mistake marriage is such a stupid thing you talk in a thoughtless fashion my friend returned m de aulnay while tears began to gather in his eyes at the recollection of his own dead wife and for chambeau repeated several times in succession it will be your own case it will be your own case cissy protested he preferred to enjoy himself to live in the free and easy style of the regency days he wanted to learn the shoe trick in order to visit the thieves taverns of the city like rodolphe in the mysteries of paris drew out of his pocket a dirty clay pipe abused the servants and drank a great quantity then in order to create a good impression about himself he disparaged all the dishes even sent away the truffles and the tutor who was exceedingly fond of them said through servility these are not as good as your grandmother's snow-white eggs then he began to chat with the person sitting next to him the agriculturalist who found many advantages from his sojourn in the country if it were only to be able to bring up his daughters with simple tastes the tutor approved of his ideas 
and toadied to him supposing that this gentleman possessed influence over his former pupil whose man of business he was anxious to become frederick had come there filled with hostility to sissy but the young aristocrat's idiocy had disarmed him however as the other's gestures face and entire person brought back to his recollection the dinner at the cafe anglais he got more and more irritated and he lent his ears to the complimentary remarks made in a low tone by joseph the cousin a fine young fellow without any money who was a lover of the chase and a university prize-man ceci for the sake of a laugh called him a catcher several times then suddenly ha ah, here comes the baron at that moment there entered a jovial blade of thirty with somewhat rough-looking features and active limbs wearing his hat over his ear and displaying a flower in his buttonhole he was the vicomte's ideal the young aristocrat was delighted at having him there and stimulated by his presence he even attempted a pun for he said as they passed a heathcock there's the best of la bruyere's characters after that he put a heap of questions to monsieur de comminges about persons unknown to society then as if an idea had suddenly seized him tell me pray have you thought about me the other shrugged his shoulders you were not old enough my little man it is impossible ceci had begged of the baron to get him admitted into his club but the other having no doubt taken pity on his vanity ha i was forgetting a thousand congratulations on having won your bet my dear fellow what bet the bet you made at the races to effect an entrance the same evening into that lady's house frederick felt as if he had got a lash with a whip he was speedily appeased by the look of utter confusion in ceci's face in fact the marechal next morning was filled with regret when our new her first lover her good friend had presented himself that very day they both gave the vicomte to understand that he was in the way and kicked him out without much ceremony he pretended not to have heard what was said the baron went on what has become of her this fine rose is she as pretty as ever showing by his manner that he had been on terms of intimacy with her frederick was chagrined by the discovery there's nothing to blush at said the baron pursuing the topic tis a good thing ceci smacked his tongue phew not so good ah oh dear yes in the first place i found her nothing extraordinary and then you pick up the like of her as often as you please for in fact she is for sale not for every one remarked frederick with some bitterness he imagines that he is different from the others was ceci's comment what a good joke and a laugh ran round the table frederick felt as if the palpitations of his heart would suffocate him he swallowed two glasses of water one after the other but the baron had preserved a lively recollection of rosinette is she still interested in a fellow named arnoux i haven't the faintest idea said ceci i don't know that gentleman nevertheless he suggested that he believed arnoux was a sort of swindler a moment exclaimed frederick however there is no doubt about it legal proceedings have been taken against him that is not true frederick began to defend arnoux vouched for his honesty ended by convincing himself of it and concocted figures and proofs the vicomte full of spite and tipsy in addition persisted in his assertions so that frederick said to him gravely is the object of this to give offence to me monsieur and he looked deceitful in the face with eyeballs as red as his cigar oh not at all i grant you that he possesses something very nice his wife do you know her faith i do sophie arnoux every one knows her 
you mean to tell me that c c who had staggered to his feet hiccuped every one knows her hold your tongue it is not with women of her sort you keep company i flatter myself it is frederick flung a plate at his face it passed like a flash of lightning over the table knocked down two bottles demolished a fruit dish and breaking into three pieces by knocking against the epergne hit the vicomte in the stomach all the other guests arose to hold him back he struggled and shrieked possessed by a kind of frenzy monsieur de aulnay kept repeating come be calm my dear boy why this is frightful shouted the tutor for chambeau livid as a plum was trembling joseph indulged in repeated outbursts of laughter the attendants sponged out the traces of the wine and gathered up the remains of the dinner from the floor and the baron went and shut the window for the uproar in spite of the noise of carriage wheels could be heard on the boulevard as all present at the moment the plate had been flung had been talking at the same time it was impossible to discover the cause of the attack whether it was on account of arnoux madame arnoux rosinette or somebody else one thing only they were certain of that frederick had acted with indescribable brutality on his part he refused positively to testify the slightest regret for what he had done m des tried to soften him cousin joseph the tutor and fourchambeau himself joined in the effort the baron all this time was cheering up ceci who yielding to nervous weakness began to shed tears frederick on the contrary was getting more and more angry and they would have remained there till daybreak if the baron had not said in order to bring matters to a close the vicomte monsieur will send his seconds to call on you to-morrow your hour twelve if it suits you perfectly monsieur frederick as soon as he was in the open air drew a deep breath he had been keeping his feelings too long under restraint he had satisfied them at last he felt so to speak the pride of virility a superabundance of energy within him which intoxicated him he required two seconds the first person he thought of for the purpose was rajambar and he immediately directed his steps towards the rue saint denis the shop front was closed but some light shone through a pane of glass over the door it opened and he went in stooping very low as he passed under the penthouse a candle at the side of the bar lighted up the deserted smoking-room all the stools with their feet in the air were piled on the table the master and mistress with their waiter were at supper in a corner near the kitchen and rajambeau with his hat on his head was sharing their meal and even disturbed the waiter who was compelled every moment to turn aside a little frederick having briefly explained the matter to him asked to assist him the citizen at first made no reply he rolled his eyes about looked as if he were plunged in reflection took several strides around the room and at last said yes by all means and a homicidal smile smoothed his brow when he learned that the adversary was a nobleman make your mind easy we'll rout him with flying colours in the first place with the sword but perhaps broken frederick have not the right i tell you tis necessary to take the sword the citizen replied roughly do you know how to make passes a little oh a little this is the way with all of them and yet they have a mania for committing assaults what does the fencing school teach listen to me keep a good distance off always confining yourself in circles and parry parry as you retire that is permitted tire him out and boldly make a lunge on him and above all no malice no strokes of the la fougere kind no a simple one-two in some disengagements look here do you see well you turn your wrist as if opening a lock pere Bautier, give me your cane ha that will do 
he grasped the rod which was used for lighting the gas rounded his left arm bent his right and began to make some thrusts against the partition he stamped with his foot got animated and pretended to be encountering difficulties while he exclaimed are you there is that it are you there and his enormous silhouette projected itself on the wall with his hat apparently touching the ceiling the owner of the cafe shouted from time to time bravo very good his wife though a little unnerved was likewise filled with admiration and theodore who had been in the army remained riveted to the spot with amazement the fact being however that he regarded monsieur Bar with a species of hero worship next morning at an early hour frederick hurried to the establishment in which dusardier was employed after having passed through a succession of departments all full of clothing materials either adorning shelves or lying on tables while here and there shawls were fixed on wooden racks shaped like toadstools he saw the young man in a sort of railed cage surrounded by account books and standing in front of a desk at which he was writing the honest fellow left his work the seconds arrived before twelve o'clock frederick as a matter of good taste thought he ought not to be present at the conference the baron and m joseph declared that they would be satisfied with the simplest excuses but Jambar's principle being never to yield and his contention being that arnoux's honour should be vindicated frederick had not spoken to him about anything else he asked that the vicomte should apologize m de comminges was indignant at this presumption the citizen would not abate an inch as all conciliation proved impracticable there was nothing for it but to fight other difficulties arose for the choice of weapons lay with ceci as the person to whom the insult had been offered but rechambard maintained that by sending the challenge he had constituted himself the offending party his seconds loudly protested that a buffet was the most cruel of offences the citizen carped at the words pointing out that a buffet was not a blow finally they decided to refer the matter to a military man and the four seconds went off to consult the officers in some of the barracks they drew up at the barracks on the quai d'orsay m de comminges having accosted two captains explained to them the question in dispute the captains did not understand a word of what he was saying owing to the confusion caused by the citizens incidental remarks in short they advised the gentlemen who consulted them to draw up a minute of the proceedings after which they would give their decision thereupon they repaired to a cafe and they even in order to do things with more circumspection referred to ceci as h and frederick as k then they returned to the barracks the officers had gone out they reappeared and declared that the choice of arms manifestly belonged to h they all returned to ceci's abode rejambar and dusardier remained on the footpath outside the vicomte when he was informed of the solution of the case was seized with such extreme agitation that they had to repeat for him several times the decision of the officers and when m de comminges came to deal with rejambar's contention he murmured nevertheless not being very reluctant himself to yield to it then he let himself sink into an armchair and declared that he would not fight eh what said the baron then ceci indulged in a confused flood of mouthings he wished to fight with firearms to discharge a single pistol at close quarters or else we will put arsenic into a glass and draw lots to see who must drink it that's sometimes done i've read of it 
the baron naturally rather impatient addressed him in a harsh tone these gentlemen are waiting for your answer this is indecent to put it shortly what weapons are you going to take come is it the sword the vicomte gave an affirmative reply by merely nodding his head and it was arranged that the meeting should take place next morning at seven o'clock sharp at the maillot gate de sardier being compelled to go back to his business rougembar went to inform frederick about the arrangement he had been left all day without any news and his impatience was becoming intolerable so much the better he exclaimed the citizen was satisfied with his deportment would you believe it they wanted an apology from us it was nothing a mere word but i knocked them off their beam ends nicely the right thing to do wasn't it undoubtedly said frederick thinking that it would have been better to choose another second then when he was alone he repeated several times in a very loud tone i'm going to fight hold on i'm going to fight tis funny and as he walked up and down his room while passing in front of the mirror he noticed that he was pale have i any reason to be afraid he was seized with a feeling of intolerable misery at the prospect of exhibiting fear on the ground and yet suppose i happen to be killed my father met his death the same way yes i shall be killed and suddenly his mother rose up before him in a black dress incoherent images floated before his mind his own cowardice exasperated him a paroxysm of courage a thirst for human blood took possession of him a battalion could not have made him retreat when this feverish excitement had cooled down he was overjoyed to feel that his nerves were perfectly steady in order to divert his thoughts he went to the opera where a ballet was being performed he listened to the music looked at the danseurs threw his opera-glass and drank a glass of punch between the acts but when he got home again the sight of his study of his furniture in the midst of which he found himself for the last time made him feel ready to swoon he went down to the garden the stars were shining he gazed up at them the idea of fighting about a woman gave him a greater importance in his own eyes and surrounded him with a halo of nobility then he went to bed in a tranquil frame of mind it was not so with Sissy after the baron's departure joseph had tried to revive his drooping spirits and as the vicomte remained in the same dull mood however old boy if you prefer to remain at home i'll go and say so Sissy durst not answer certainly but he would have liked his cousin to do him this service without speaking about it he wished that frederick would die during the night of an attack of apoplexy or that a riot would break out so that next morning there would be enough of barricades to shut up all the approaches to the bois de boulogne or that some emergency might prevent one of the seconds from being present for in the absence of seconds the duel would fall through he felt a longing to save himself by taking an express train no matter where he regretted that he did not understand medicine so as to be able to take something which without endangering his life would cause it to be believed that he was dead he finally wished to be ill in earnest in order to get advice and assistance from someone he sent for monsieur de aulnay that worthy man had gone back to saint-ange on receiving a letter informing him of the illness of one of his daughters this appeared an ominous circumstance to Cecy. luckily monsieur Bazou, his tutor came to see him then he unbosomed himself what am i to do my god what am i to do if i were in your place monsieur i should pay some strapping fellow from the market-place to go and give him a drubbing he was still no who brought it about replied Cecy, and from time to time he uttered a groan then but is a man bound to fight a duel tis a relic of barbarism what are you to do 
out of complacence the pedagogue invited himself to dinner his people did not eat anything but after the meal felt the necessity of taking a short walk as they were passing a church he said suppose we go in for a little while to look monsieur Azou asked nothing better and even offered him holy water it was the month of may the altar was covered with flowers voices were chanting the organ was resounding through the church but he found it impossible to pray as the pomps of religion inspired him merely with thoughts of funerals he fancied that he could hear the murmurs of the de profundis let us go away i don't feel well they spent the whole night playing cards the vicomte made an effort to lose in order to exercise ill luck a thing which monsieur Vezou turned to his own advantage at last at the first streak of Sassy, who could stand it no longer sank down on the green cloth and was soon plunged in sleep which was disturbed by unpleasant dreams if courage however consists in wishing to get the better of one's own weakness the vicomte was courageous for in the presence of his seconds who came to seek him he stiffened himself up with all the strength he could command vanity making him realize that to attempt to draw back now would destroy him m de Comain congratulated him on his good appearance but on the way the jolting of the cab and the heat of the morning sun made him languish his energy gave way again he could not even distinguish any longer where they were the baron amused himself by increasing his terror talking about the courts and of the way they meant to get back clandestinely to the city joseph gave the rejoinder both considering the affair ridiculous were certain that it would be settled ceci kept his head on his breast he lifted it up slowly and drew attention to the fact that they had not taken a doctor with them tis needless said the baron then there's no danger joseph answered in a grave tone let us hope so and nobody in the carriage made any further remark End of chapter eleven part one